Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. No, I'll run this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. Welcome to the show and a good Friday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Got a great big show for you tonight coming up on the program. Uh, comedian and commentator Dennis Miller, April Macy, one of my favorite comedians, will be joining us in studio. Uh, but we're kicking off with... Uh, Sad goodbyes, at least on the Mark Aram Show perspective. Earlier this afternoon, we had a goodbye lunch for uh, the lovely, the iconic Jocelyn Dorsey, who joins us in the in the studio uh, right now. Jocelyn, first off, congratulations on on 45 amazing years in Atlanta at Channel 2 Action News. It went by so fast, Mark, and thank you so much for having me it's, uh, in your studio. Yes, exactly. I listen to you all the time, and well, now to be with you is really exciting. It took you to stop working before you came onto the show. <laughs> you were like, let me retire first, and then uh, and then I'll come down. Um, 40, 45 years, how did you get to Atlanta? What brought you to Atlanta? Actually, I was recruited. Okay. I was working at WKRC-TV in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. And I was there eight months, fresh out of college, and uh, I got a phone call uh, from someone from WSB. I had never heard of the station uh, because I had had been trained in newspaper work. So, you know, I didn't know call letters of TV stations, and I thought somebody was playing a joke. And um, I said, yeah, right, WSB, and I hung (laughs) up. (laughs) And then um, someone overheard me at the station and said, WSB, you've got to be kidding me. And I said, no, what was that? And they said, that's the biggest station in the South. Yeah. And I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I guess I don't have a job. But they did call back, yeah. and um, I sent scripts. During the, those days, we were shooting film. Sure. So you couldn't send a resume tape because you couldn't make a copy. Um, and so they flew um, a producer up, um, hired a crew, and Filmed my entire job interview. Wow. And uh, they took it back to the station, and the rest is history. No problem. And uh, that that's a, a big jump, not only uh, in TV market size, but lifestyle, right? I mean, Cincinnati oh, to Atlanta, that's, that's night and day back in the early 70s. <laughs> You've got it right. It was night and day. It was quite a culture shock. Yeah. Um, and especially since my parents had sheltered me from any semblance of racism, mm-hmm. Our prejudice um, coming here was was very difficult. And you did experience uh, a lot of backlash from from viewers because of your skin color when you came down here. Yes, and also my hair. Oh, no kidding? <laughs> yes, because I, at first when I was hired, you know, I had curly hair and all mm-hmm. of that. But um, I had been wearing an afro all through college, mm-hmm. and so I didn't think there was anything wrong with going back to it. And when I did, 
I, the phones lit up. It was unbelievable wow. what people were saying about it. Can you imagine back then now? Yeah, Everybody yeah. would laugh now. Exactly. Well, I had an Afro in college, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I had the big Jewish fro that was cooking up like this. A jo- lot of my Jewish friends had Jewish yes, fro. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're talking to Jocelyn Dorsey on The Mark Aram Show. Uh, she is uh, retiring, right? That's the proper yes. terminology? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After uh, 45 years here at Channel 2, I am about to celebrate my 21st anniversary. Wow. I, there, I don't think there's any way I'll ever catch you or want to catch you. What kept you here so long? I mean, 45, you could have stepped away 10 years ago at least, right? Right. And don't say you won't do <laughs> I said the same thing to my father. And I said, I'll never work at a place for 40 years like yeah. you did. And um, here I am 45 years later. Because, I, listen, I— Inside baseball, um, you could have you know literally taken the pension ten years ago, relaxed, right. retired, ride your motorcycle, but but you've stayed here this long. What what kept you in the family? I think the fact that you get an adrenaline rush from being able to do good in the community. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird, but um, to be able to contribute, um, and you know the job is not the same every day. Yeah. you know coming to work is very different every day, so you never get bored, and um, I think. Seeing that we can improve the quality of life using television is a very exciting and very rewarding thing. Um, but now I think it's time. Time to go. Yeah, <laughs> you, the community, it's its weird because um, I moved here in 96 and, you know, I had heard of WSB TV and WSB radio, um, but I didn't know the, the power it has in the community. But, th- I mean, this this station, the television station, uh, has an outreach into the community that I don't think is is – seen in any market in any in any state in the country because i mean the the viewers have grown up with this channel they've they've grown up with you generations have yes. grown up with with yeah. jocelyn dorsey on channel two so when i go out we do the stuff the bus or we visit schools I mean, it's amazing and and you are a big reason because you do that community outreach you've done that community outreach for so long what uh, in the 45 years what are the biggest um events or or outreaches that you can remember that that really struck a chord with you with Channel 2 and and the community it surrounds it? Well, actually, you know, one of the things that I had said was Sisters by Choice in the mobile unit. But the thing that really excites me the most is seeing things that you dream of doing and see how they become bigger. And that's what Stuff the Bus was. Sure. There has been no project where over 20 anchors and reporters like yourself, get out there Mm -hmm. and mingle with the community, see what it's like to have people respond to you, and to now have it in seven locations after we just were going to stuff one bus is very exciting because it serves the community. It serves homeless kids, kids living in group homes, and they need those book bags and those school supplies to feel like they're part of the community and part of the school. And one thing I've noticed, when, when Jocelyn Dorsey and Channel 2 reach out to the community and ask for help, the community responds. You know, you have that credibility with the community. Channel 2 has that credibility. We're not going to just do this. We're going to do it right and make sure whether it's the school supplies or the canned foods or the money that's raised gets to the people that need it the most. And and that's a credit to you for building up that, that community influence. So I hope it doesn't go away when you go away. Well, I can't take full <laughs> credit. It takes a team uh, to make the dream work. Yeah. And uh, we have an incredible team at WSB, both radio and television. Indeed. And um, you all are community servants. And when I was here in the 70s, it was not like this. Yeah. Um, anchors didn't feel like they had to be out in the community. 
And I think people like Monica being out in the community and other people seeing it as well um, understood the power of what that community would do for you in terms of ratings. And so um, it's very much rewarding to see it come to this point, um, but it's been a team effort. Let's talk about your adopted home city that is Atlanta, 1973 to 2018. What sticks out as the biggest changes uh, the cities have made in, in your career here? The diversity. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten a lot more diverse. Uh, we talk about it a lot more. Um, things seem to have gone backwards a little bit uh, lately, but um, I feel that we're more open than we used to be. And, you know, I think people are a little bit more tolerant. Certainly the diversity in the station is tremendous. Yeah. Um, you can see it on the air, but you can also see it behind the scenes. And there's a concerted effort to have that diversity. I think that's so important. Well, one of one of the things that makes me proud about living in Atlanta is it is truly the, the birthrights of the civil rights movement. Um, throughout your, your four plus decades here at Channel 2, uh, you've obviously had an opportunity to speak to some of the civil rights leaders. Give me a quick rundown of, of who impacted you, who you've talked to and interviewed. Mrs. Coretta Scott King was probably the biggest impact in my life. She's the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing No now. kidding. She intervened in my career uh, 10 years when I my contract was not renewed in the mm -hmm. newsroom, and it was not something that I chose. Um, and I was very much... Um, disgruntled and really wanted to leave the business yeah. and um, because of what had happened. And she stepped in. Uh, she saw that things weren't right. She got a group of uh, civil rights leaders together. Uh, she paid a visit to then general manager of the station. Um, he basically told them that they could um, not tell him how to run the TV station, mm -hmm. and they took it higher and the next thing I know, I got a call from um, someone in the corporate arena who asked me what I wanted to do at WSB. And I said I wanted to go into management. And here I am. That's amazing. <laughs> I had no idea that uh, yes. uh, Mrs. Yes. King stepped in for yes, you. Yes, she did. And she did it when she was um, lobbying for the King holiday in Washington, D.C. Wow. And she would call me at night from Washington, D.C., and, and she really didn't know me other than professionally. Sure. She knew my sister, oddly enough, because my sister had worked with Yolanda and they became good friends. So I guess she knew me through my sister. But um, for her to do that for me um, because she respected me as far as my profession was quite an honor. What an amazing story. Yeah. That's uh, that's fantastic. I had no idea about that. Yeah. And when my, and, and, uh, when my son died and... 2003, he was murdered in 2003, um, she came unescorted. She waited until my parents got to the house because mm -hmm. they were from Ohio. And she came just to meet my parents wow. and spent two and a half hours with my parents, my sister. Take, take me to that night. You're, you're, you're sitting Shiva, as we like to say, you're mourning. Mm -hmm. And your parents are there from Ohio. And Coretta Scott King walks into your house. What is your parents' reaction? My mother was so <laughs> thrilled <laughs> because she knew the relationship yeah. that we had had. And my mother 
uh, was a history teacher. Oh wow! And so she That's just living history. oh they we couldn't even talk. They were you know talking. I bet they were more proud of you than that than anything you've ever done oh, on yeah. television. Oh yeah. Well now my dad. Yeah. <laughs> my dad is most proud that I got him tickets to the Masters. So. Oh well, that's a big, that's yeah. pretty a big he achievement. He told me finally when I got him tickets to the Masters that he that, that I had made it in television. That's fantastic. So uh, that was one of the things that he thought was great. Finishing up with Jocelyn Dorsey as she wraps up an amazing career here at Channel. Two Action News, 1973 to 2018. Real quick, retirement. What are the plans? What are you going to do? <laughs> Retire. <Yeah. laughs> no, um, I don't know. Um, I know I'm going to be riding my motorcycle. Absolutely. And uh, probably will be taking some trips. Okay. Um, but I want to take it easy. Everybody's advised me not to plunge into anything. Yeah. To give it time so you can breathe. And I really do want to have that breathing time. So... I'll probably end up clearing out my house and puttering around the yard <laughs> uh, and hopefully continuing with some of the nonprofit organizations that I serve on the board with. I know they're worried that I might roll off the board immediately. So, Well, you deserve the chance to breathe. You have an open invite to the Mark Aram Show anytime you want to come in. Movie Monday, Fast Food Review, whatever you want to do, we'd love to have you. It's been an honor and a privilege uh, to work in the same building with you for, for so long. And uh you deserve an amazing retirement. Thank you, Jocelyn. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. All right. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. Welcome back. Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. Thanks to Jocelyn Dorsey. We are certainly going to miss her here in the uh, WSB building. 45 years of service. Can you imagine that? 45 years with one company. I, t- I told her in the interview, 21. I've been here 21 years uh, on August 17th. I can't imagine. Has anyone... Have any of you ever worked for the same place for 45 years? That's remarkable in any career, but especially in radio and TV. I mean, the turnover, especially in radio, is just like, man, and TV is is not much better. But 45 years, that is incomprehensible. Good stuff. Uh, Jocelyn Dorsey, we will miss her. I hope she relaxes and enjoys her retirement. I know I'm going to enjoy my retirement whenever that may be. Um, Let's see. Coming up next on The Mark Aram Show is uh, comedian April Macy. She is at the punchline this weekend. She is hilarious. She's gorgeous. She's uh, she's the whole package. So uh, she'll be coming up next. And then Dennis Miller, who you hear on the Mark Aram show every night uh, at the end of the show with the Miller Minute, will join us. Of course, the famous uh, Saturday Night Live alum, conservative comedian, will pick his brain about the state of comedy in 2018 and uh, what he is trying to accomplish with the Miller Minute that you can hear every night on the Mark Aram Show. All right, we'll come back after news, weather, and traffic. Uh, If you want to tweet at me, you can always do that, of course, at Mark Aram, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. Instagram, Mark Aram, and Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. Big show still to come. April Macy next. News, weather, and traffic coming up. This is the Mark Aram Show. Welcome back to the show and a good Friday Eve to you. Mark Aram with you till 9 in the p.m. Monday through Friday at News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Coming up in the program, uh, comedian and commentator Dennis Miller will join us, but uh, in studio now, one of my favorite guests of all time. She is at the Punchline tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Tickets available online. Punchline.com. April Macy uh, in the Mark Aram Show studio. How are you? I'm really good. I'm getting married in a few weeks, everybody. That's unbelievable. So, I know. Somebody's um, going to love me. So it's I've crazy. been following the whole courtship yeah? with you and your fiance <laughs> on Instagram because uh, you guys are living the life of Riley. I mean, you are a globetrotting couple. 
Oh, we try. You know, once my my fiance lives in Italy, and I feel like once you're already over there, it's so cheap to travel within. Like we got round trip tickets to Prague in January for thirty two euros. I'm like, I can't get an Uber back from the airport <laughs> for thirty two euros. That's and you unbelievable. Can go, yeah. And then we got uh, it was like a twelve hundred square foot two bedroom apartment in Prague for fifty eight dollars a night. Is that so like the whole Airbnb trip was or? like yeah, like an Airbnb. It was like the whole trip cost was like two hundred bucks. That's insane. So yeah, for like a little weekend. Not to get getaway. personal, but um, after the nuptials, yeah, will you uh, live in Italy or in L.A.? He is. We're. I mean, we're working on his visa. He's yeah. Iranian, so it's not oh, like it's. It. It's not the you best right now. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like we were approved uh, for his interview, and then the Supreme Court upheld the travel ban. So you're like, that's fun. Oh that's, man, really? Like this dude wears skinny jeans and has a hair dryer. He's non-threatening everybody. <laughs> Let him in. That he blow dries oh, his that, hair. I, I feel for you. That's no. That's, it is. It's crazy. Yeah. Like his 67 year old mom was denied a visa to come and see her grandchild be born, and oh. you're like, what is that old broad? gonna do you know what she smuggles fish that's the only thing <laughs> she'll bring like fish from like the caspian sea <laughs> you're like oh she's so, gonna bring salmon so <laughs> that's he, the only he thing. can't even come visit you now here is that the deal no he's never been to my place Un- and he'd been here like 17 times in the past and had always you know never overstayed his visas and just like just a normal, regular dude. What's his? What's he do for a living? Is that like he a nuclear like a little technician or something? Leather jacket store. <laughs> Very scary stuff. He sells handbags. Uh, <laughs> Just a man who has handbags. I'm. So, I'm. I really feel bad. That's that sucks. No, it is. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's super crazy. All right. So, well, the mar- You can't get married in the states, then, I guess. Well, no, we. We are getting married in Santorini, Greece, but okay. then legally we have to get married here. So we're having more of our symbolic. Like, it's not going to actually be legal, so yeah. I'm going to be married, not married, everybody. <laughs> until, Very nice. Until he comes here and then legal. The vendors to... also make you pay, not pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, wedding, I, hope, I hope that not pay was a situation. <laughs> and what then, are weddings? Why are they ripping people off so much for weddings? Emotionally vulnerable. Do is that what, what it is? And women so. just want the stuff, so women just get the stuff. What I got pay. married, um, this was in 2011, the, the florist's first... Um, Estimate, what's that called? Estimate. Estimate, Estimate. Yeah. yeah. Was um, over $30,000 <gasps> for flowers. What? I laughed at him. I'm like, I might be on TV, man, but I, I make radio money. You could put a down payment on a piece of land and yeah. grow your mm-hmm. own flowers. $30,000, That's yeah. foolish. I know. Well, I didn't spend that, no. obviously. But, what, uh, what were you, they, what did they... What were they trying to give you? I don't even know. I saw the, the bottom line and I just slid the paper across the table. I was like, no, sir. Come back. Uh, I gave him a number. I was like, "Hit this number. I don't care what you what gotta it, do to get it." But uh, that's so crazy. But this wasn't in Santorini, so. Well, Santorini is also less expensive. Yeah. Like, I, we're getting fireworks for like seven hundred bucks, and like you can get a dude to blow off his fingers in a barge in Greece. <laughs> their economy is so crappy; they don't care. They just, just for your entertainment. <laughs> yeah, for your enter- they just need that dough. Uh, April Macy's in studio. She's at the Punchline this weekend. Tickets online at Punchline. <laughs> Dot com. I got to ask you another personal question. This is way more personal. Yeah. Um, with all your world travels, yes. how many Sky Miles do you now own? I mean, just on United, I've flown, I think it's 1,000 uh, or 1,167,000 miles Un- just with United. And that's like, I don't really keep track of anything else because that's where the bulk of my miles. But like last week, I went to Montreal for the festival and they flew me on something else. So I'm like, I don't count those. So yeah. I'm sure I'm at least 2 million miles. I'm kind of jealous. 
Really? I just got silver medallion status at Delta, which is like the good, the yeah. lowest. Yeah, yeah. Only I'm because, a silver medallion. Are you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was all because of Japan. Yeah, like Japan was like, uh, oh, okay, silver medallion, first class. Oh. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So do you? Uh, I'm kind of a first class snob, especially when it comes to long trips. Do you? Do you do the same thing? I try to reserve my miles, like, yeah. and every once in a while, like. If I'm using miles, I don't want to spend them all on a first-class ticket, sure. so I'm kind of stingy with miles. Like I did get one Thai Airways; it wasn't that expensive from Australia when I went to climb the Great Wall of China. Yeah, it was. I got a first-class ticket on Thai Airways. We had the pod and like caviar service and jammy pants. Oh my goodness! It was like a ten thousand dollars ticket. I got for one hundred and forty-six dollars with miles, just the taxes. Wow. That's fantastic. And I felt like they could smell it in Belong. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they knew it as soon as like a. Uh, it was like all these like Asian businessmen, and then my dumb head gobbling caviar. I'm like, I don't even like caviar. <laughs> I just want it because it was, sounds that fancy. That was part of the coolest thing of going. We, I flew uh, first class from L.A. to Tokyo, and I had the pod. The pod's great. Jammers, jammer pants. It was. They didn't give me jammers, and I didn't get caviar. But um, what got, airline? What it was Delta. Okay. Um, but I got uh, slippers and a little gift bag and food and drink, and they just. I mean, flatbed. Okay, so flatbed seat. I laid all the way yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. And I watched eight movies, of which titles I can never remember. Well, now. that's how I felt about, like, also, when you fly, like, first class, first class in Thai Airways, there's, like, a shuttle that picks you up at your gate and then, like, takes you through immigration, like, just escorts you through. Wow. Then you get a Thai woman in the Bangkok airport to draw you a bath and give you an hour massage. No. Yes. You're and fitting. anybody really? that says, like, rich people... I'm like, no, they got it better. They're get, like delicate Asian women are giving are rubbing you down. Are in you sure airports. this wasn't just for you? No, it's the first class lounge for Thai Airways, wow. and you have your own room that's like as big as a studio. You have your own giant like sixty inch TV. You have like an order menu where they just keep bringing you into your own like little lounge. It's just your room. You want to fly like, Thai lay down. with me, Jamie? I, I mean, I, I think I'm it was, willing to give it a shot. Yeah. The, I mean, a couple of silver medallion guys <laughs> exactly. well, the, living it uh, up. <laughs> the, the jammers really were where they won my heart. Yeah. As soon as they give you like a jammy set, and then when they give you your jammies, they ask you if uh, you want to go change while they turn down your bed. And then you come back and you have like, it's like a double size bed just made up. That's unbelievable. And your jammers are just, you got your jammers on. All right, I'm bucket list now. I'm do, <laughs> yeah. I don't even care to see anything in Thailand. Thailand, But Pod. I just want the flight. Yeah. The flight. That's amazing. You know, that, is that also on the return trip? So when you land back in LA? Yeah, you get a is hot bath a, and yeah. all that stuff. I did, uh, the, the one breaking news of my flight was, so I had been on 100 straight flights, 100 consecutive flights, not using a bathroom on an airplane. Oh. I'm very anti-airplane bathrooms. Okay, why? But I had to break it to. Uh, it's a long flight. I, I've got issues. What do you do if you have to make sissy? I I don't. I hold <laughs> it in. I make sure everything's out before but, I board. But mm. you're gonna have like a bladder infection if you. No, no, no. Do you not have beverages on the plane? Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm a man. I can hold my. He's a professional poker player. Oh. Yeah, he's exactly. used to sitting at the table. But really? they are not weak bladdered winners. Really? I, the streak broke on oh. the way to Tokyo. I, I went three times on the on the ten hour flight. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I got it. But but it was the first class bathroom. It was nice. There was you know. No Asian lady in there giving me a bathroom. No, but it was, there wasn't a there a wasn't thing. a uh, chamber pond in the pond <laughs> where you like kick it out the thing and you'd be like, 
do something with this. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. April Macy in studio. She's at the Punchline this weekend. Tickets available online at punchline.com. When was the last time you were in Atlanta? It was like at least six months now, right? That was a year. We were trying to figure that out. It's, it's, it's been about a year. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Um, the Atlanta audience loves you. Yeah. I mean, they eat you up. Uh, so where are Where are you most comfortable what cities do you know all right um, i've got fans in this city i love tampa i love chicago i like dallas yeah. i like here i like there's a number and a lot of it honestly is like staff and like people that are familiar and then you like going back like sometimes i think like chain places they turn over so fast that you never really know sure. the staff like i think more independent clubs it's just a better feel it feels more like family do you so prefer as a comedian because there's there's two I mean, there's there's great venues like in Atlanta and mm-hmm. Dallas and Chicago, but uh, when it comes to the stand-up world, you have you have the New York set and the L.A. set. Do you feel more comfortable at either one of those? I coasts? prefer like I just think I'm on the road so much. Mm-hmm. Like there was like a year I think I was on the road 44 weekends where you just where you get home on Monday and then you have to leave again on Tuesday night. So to me, New York, it feels like you're still in that that churning where you never stop. I feel like LA, I can look at eyeball a dolphin and then kind of relax for a day or two (laughs) and not feel like it's always comedy and entertainment and that it's just a lot. Yeah. I prefer LA. Yeah. Plus I need sunshine. Like I'm not a a winter person. I I think just the mindset of LA is different than, than New York. It's just laid back. Yeah. Like I like a good flip flops and yoga pants and like, I'm kind of a dirt bag. Like I don't (laughs) really like, I feel like New York, those women always look put together. Like, there's always, like, a pair of slacks. Like, I don't own any slacks. <laughs> well, it's like if you're a plumber in New York, life's more hectic than if you're a plumber in L.A. Yeah. You know, in L.A., it's like, oh, I'll get to the job when I get to the job. New York's like, well, you got to get in there. So I get that. Um, back to your uh, pending nuptials. Um, this, I'm hoping, as a fan, will not impact your stand-up career, right? You're, you're going to keep this no, going? No, I'm hoping, uh, we, I want a kid, so I hope I get a new hour out of that baby. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just, least. I'm really just having a kid just so I can get a new clean are you, hour. Right. So you are <laughs> married. Well, you should break it up, right? Yeah. You do the pregnancy album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and then the toddler and then, album. Uh, yeah. And then the baby time. Well, before that, you've got the fiancé husband album. I know, and there's I have a lot of new Iranian jokes, just mostly about his currency not being worth anything. <laughs> So. so you're totally doing this just for new material. There's, yeah, yeah. This is not, not even, the fact that I'm lonely. Every comedian yeah. lives their entire life oriented around. <laughs> yeah. New, why are you making jokes. these decisions? I need the jokes. I yeah, need, I absolutely need, new need jokes. the jokes. That's kind of why I worked at Hooters years ago. I yeah. thought I'd have a great Hooters set. <laughs> no, nothing came over. I did. I had a lot of Hooters jokes. Yeah. Like, I'll, It's funny because you can look through kind of the, the timeline of your life based on your jokes and like... Where where you are? Now I was uh, in my mid twenties before the first time I went to a Hooters, and it was in Auburn, Alabama. How was I'm it? Covering a, a Georgia Alabama game, I I was just always hesitant to go into a Hooters, simply because I'm like I don't know, I'm just like a creepy dude. But no, it, I think it's like families and it stuff. Is. I, like it I never had no felt idea. like they were like. I mean, you had one or two creepy dudes, yeah, yeah. but there was never like mo- the majority. It was a misconception like, in my head. People just like wings, yeah. and they're pretty well, good wings. Yeah, and the a lot of times yeah. those kinds of restaurants are more like a movie that you hear talked about all the time, and mm-hmm. then you go in, and you're like, eh. yeah, yeah. yeah. I do like a- order a lot on Uber Eats from uh, Hooters because of the, yeah, the, the wings, the breaded wings are yeah. legit. They're good. I, I've got an Uber Eats addiction. I can uh, order Uber Eats from the punchline, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the same delivery girl one, twice in one day like oh, for is that lunch right? and dinner. She looked at me like, come on, man. You, you got to get it together. You got to get out That's of here. After Last Comic Standing, those message boards were brutal. Like People were making a lot of horrible physical attacks. And I was living in New York at the time, and I was nobody told me not to read the message boards. I was so wildly depressed, and I kept ordering this 
like I'm a creature of habit. I order the same like sandwich every day from the same dude. And then I had these life is good jammy pants, which seemed to be mocking me every day. And then the, the, my delivery guy was like, seriously, you need to get out. Like he told me after about a week, because it was obvious I was wearing the same, same pants. jammy pants. Yeah. And I was like getting progressively filthier and filthier. Those are the jammy <laughs> pants you got on uh, yeah. Ty Airways. Oh, I wish. They, I wish yeah. they gave out life is good jammers. Yeah. Uh, oh. April Macy in studio. She's at the Punchline this weekend. Tickets online at punchline.com. That's the voice of Jamie Bendel from the Punchline. Hang out one more segment? I sure will. All right. We'll be right back. It's the Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. Welcome back. Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. April Macy in studio tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. You can catch her at the Punchline Comedy Club in the heart of, well, not really the heart of Buckhead, the aorta of Buckhead <laughs> on Roswell Road. We w- If we were in crisis, we would need a cardiothoracic yes, surgeon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, at the beautiful Landmark Diner. Tickets online at punchline.com. Jamie Bendel from the Punchline here. Uh, April, so I'm, I'm I, you know this because uh, you see I'm an Instagram stalker of yours, yeah, which is why you. I know where you I go. I need more. I need way more Instagram yeah, so stalkers. Yeah, so tell the folks um, how we can follow you on Instagram and all that just stuff. Just at April Macy, M-A-C-I-E, and at, it's just a lot of at April Macy's, yeah. Twitter, April Macy. So here's the thing. You're, you're not only beautiful and funny, but talented and all that. I would imagine there are dudes trying to slide into your DMs night and day. Um, there's a few. I had a dude who sent me a wiener pic from this area. For real? Yeah, it was an from open, this area. From this area, it was an open mic comic. <laughs> Seriously? And then I think I sent it to Marcy, and I sent it to some of the other club bookers to be like, "Hey, this dude's shopping his wiener around." Really? Yeah. So you didn't send it because you were impressed and you wanted to show? No, people. no I was ir- like, to me, it's it's terrifying when oh you're just getting a rogue wiener in yeah, your inbox yeah. you're like and you're I, a comedian like why would you think this is was and you're a young comedian i'm like dude you don't even work yeah. it's not that's like, weird it was it i would expect that from a non-comedian like an of audience course, member, like yeah. how do you know you're not gonna work and he's like why would you do that why would you put me on blast yeah. like that i was like why would you send me why would you assume that i would want to see yeah your strange terrifying ween don't like guys listening don't send those Unless you're asked, and even if you're asked, don't send them. It's nothing good. Can nobody, happen. nobody, nobody, <laughs> no ladies really pu- no. just hungry for them picks. I th- because I it's a family that, show, though. Mark. I am not saying the joke. Good that uh, I'm thinking uh, all about this. You'll, you'll tell me off the air. I, this is a off air. Yeah, but I, I, the, I worry about that with with attractive women on creepers? social media. Because I don't know. I never have women like, hey, Mark, and I never well, get any of that I stuff. I had a dude in, I was in uh, Phoenix, and you know, your hotel room rings. I just assume it's the club. I'm like, nobody else knows I'm here. I'm yeah. like, oh, did I miss radio? Like, you're always like scared <laughs> that the phone's ringing. So I pick it up, and he's like, is this April Macy? Is this April? And he was like, and I was like, who is this? And he was like getting progressively more and more excited. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not J-Lo. Why are you calling me? Like, what's happening? And he was like, I, I called all of the hotels around the club. And I was in, like, downtown Phoenix. There's, like, 47. Oh, no. To me, I'm like, it's unless you're, like, a 12-year-old girl looking for a boy band, you're, like, a murderer. There's no reason to be looking for me. And now I'm like, oh, man, dude, now I'm terrified to walk my dog at yeah, that. Yeah, right. Like, Where is how your dog, do you not know? Way? He's in the room okay. snoozing. You're always, being, you're always welcome. Being, Don, being sweet Don Lickles. Don Lickles. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. All right. Yeah. One, one more thing before we yeah. go. Um, uh, am I ever going to see you on uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee? Who do I have to talk to you I about? don't know. You call somebody. I would love to. Yeah. Because one, I love coffee and I love driving around being a passenger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. It's good stuff. I, I just binge watched that. Thanks. Also. And uh, 
I, I think he'd be fantastic. On you it. think he'll right. go to the uh, National Comedy Museum that they just entered, opened up there in Jamestown? Yeah. Jamestown. Jamestown, New York. They opened mm. a big new Upstate? national. Upstate? Yeah. I was just up in Cooperstown. I Why know. did you tell me? Right around mm. the corner. You're a jack wagon. Next time. Now, now you tell me. Next now time. that I'm a silver medallion. Jack wagon's I know. a fun word. Yeah. <laughs> I can get there. April, always a pleasure. Congrats on the nuptials in September. Thanks. I know. I got to pay for that donut walk. Come out to these shows. <sighs> that I'm very, expensive I'm very wedding. I'm happy for you, for real. I I'm having a awesome. Euro station. <laughs> really? Yeah. Late night. Everybody likes. Yeah. Everybody Who doesn't. Likes, everybody likes them, yeah. right? It, the wedding's all about the food. Actually, that's what you know, I think. Yeah. I was while like, just keep feeding them. Exactly. While you're here, you should talk to uh, some of the folks at the diner at, yeah. the, at Landmark. They're greasy. Yeah, and we they, have it's it's all the Greek food. We have musa a vegetarian no, musaka. We might be able to help you out Jamie if they know the, the dude from yeah. Spicy Bites, <laughs> where, where our catering's being done. <laughs> April, you're the best. Go see her at the Punchline this weekend. Tickets online. Punchline.com. News, weather, traffic next. Then Dennis Miller. It's the Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. Joining us now on The Mark Aram Show, you hear him every night on the program with the Miller Minute, uh, comedian, and uh, I don't even know what to call you in 2018. It's Dennis Miller. What do I refer to you as in 2018? A commentator, a comedian, jack of all trades? I'm a comedian slash comedian. <laughs> just just comedian in bold-faced and underlined. Um, <laughs> what, what, what is the current state of comedy in 2018? What's going on out there? Um, it's obviously beyond balkanized. Uh, there are certain jokes I wouldn't tell in certain places. Uh, there's a, uh, I wouldn't go on a college campus to perform now, but I'm not alone there. You've heard Seinfeld say that, too. Pretty angry. Uh, mostly in the open-minded community, it's gotten very close-minded. So I think comedy's a... Uh, I don't know. I think you can... Some people like to brush up against the third rail, as they say in the New York subway system. Some people like to fly close to the sun, as they say in the Icarus lore. Uh, other people think, what's the headache? Why why should I try a cutting-edge joke now, either in social media or to a large degree on stage, and end up being, you know, in Arthur Miller's Crucible? It, it's uh, about as uptight as I've ever seen. I started doing comedy in, when I was 30, I'm 64, so over three decades, it's by far as uptight as it's ever been, and that's the left, man. I mean, they can say all they want about being open-minded, but they're the ones who have laid down all these uptight precepts. All those cats from Woodstock turned into the stodgy old man who wants you off his lawn. What what is that what does that portend to the future of comedy then? Is 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 you know stand up comedy for example, is that is that something in 30 years that that will be in museums and not on stage? Oh no, you can do it if you agree with it. Uh look, I'd say the top 10 to 12 comedy shows in late at night are all of one deism and uh, that's uh liberalism but I, I think you better watch yourself if you don't walk in uh, lockstep with that and people can say oh what are you being current no i'm just saying take sit down look at the nielsen ratings look at the top 10 shows and tell me what they have in common and i think it's a liberal bent talking to dennis miller on the mark aram show you've been in the business as you mentioned since 64 uh, truth or false a majority of comedians are left-leaning um, first off, I'm 64 years old. I haven't been in since 64. Oh, okay. With, uh, okay, you know, I got you. Uh, <laughs> Sorry I'm about that. I'm 64 years old. I've been, <laughs> I've been in for around 30, 30 years. years. Like, you didn't start in 64. Uh, you are, okay. Listen, uh, I, I forget the question. You screwed me up with the math. I'm oh, sorry. What, what, uh, what was it again? Generally speaking, comedians tend to, to lean to the left, no? Sure. Mm-hmm. By far. Yeah, I'd say... It's not like Academy where I think it's 95 or 96, 97 to 235 uh, in the halls of college and high school. But I'd say in stand-up, it's probably 
have you always been conservative, or was there a, a, a switch that flipped that you know you at one point you were liberal and and something flipped and and, and I've you... always been a pragmatist. Mm-hmm. Listen, what gets you pronounced a liberal or a conservative these days is kind of odd. I'd like to keep half my money, and I don't trust radical Islam as far as I can throw it. I guess that makes me a right winger. If two gay people want to get married, I'm happy for them. If a woman doesn't want to have a baby, uh, I'm against abortion, but it's none of my business. So I'm pro-choice. They can do what they, they want. But it doesn't take very much of a deviation from all the core points to be pronounced conservative. Let's see, after 9-11, I'd say like a bunch of people. It seemed to last for a week or two for most people. But I remember thinking, oh, we better take radical Islam serious. I still do, you know, way down the road. I don't think a lot of people do, but I guess that's why I'm painted as a conservative. And like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, okay, I live in the greatest country in the world. If I make $100, I'll give 50 of it away to the government to give the strangers, hopefully, a well-intentioned way. Uh, but keeping half your money, I guess that makes you a bad guy, but that seems fair to me. Let's go Let's go to the uh, Saturday Night Live days, if you don't mind, Dennis. To me, in, in, in my mind, I'm, I'm 44. I, I grew up with the show. Um, you are still the greatest on the news desk there. How how did you wind up on the desk reading the news on Saturday Night Live? How did you get that slot? Well, you know, I remember they hired the cast, and I think they were going to have John Lovitz do it, Lauren told me at one point. But John uh, was so good in so many things, and he had his big hit uh, character, The Liar, which they wanted to showcase on the news. And plus, he was in 10 to 12 things a week. They kind of need... Sometimes they need the rock and roll band break, you know, that first break, and then the commercial time, and then the newscast, and then more commercials. It gives them around 20 minutes to get a guy into some more intricate makeup or wardrobe. So I think, John, it would have been his, but uh, he couldn't make the change, uh, and so therefore they called me a couple weeks later. And I remember thinking, good, that's all I want to do. I, you know, I'll be like the DH in the American League. Just let me swing the bat. And it, it was a perfect fit. I mean, you absolutely crushed it, and you had the signature sign-off. Um, how did it, how did your days on the desk come to an end on, on SNL? Oh, I did six years, and I just felt it was time to try something else, and I, somebody made me a lucrative offer to do a syndicated talk show. But I, I think six years is a good run. I, I, I know there are people who have been gone longer than that, but there are also people who have gone shorter. I, I had a, a nice profile at that point and thought, well, I'll cash in here, I guess, and as I said, I, I, I think once you've done six years at it, uh, people are thinking to themselves, let's see, what are you going to do next? So I just decided to roll the dice at that point. Now, that next show got whacked, but the one right after that led me to HBO, where I did you know, 10 seasons, 215 episodes, and won five Emmys. So in an odd way, leaving SNL opens the door in my case, not quite the next thing, but the next, next thing. I, I've heard rumors that you were both mentor and incredible ball buster to the younger folks uh, at SNL, Sandler uh, in particular. Um, your your role there as, as a mentor slash ball buster, um, how did you shape the, the minds of the young writers and comedians there? Well, listen, it was less with the writers. The writers were on hallowed ground there. You stayed away from them, but it's like anything, a football team or uh, I guess fraternities have gotten kind of ill with the hazing thing, but when a new guy comes in, somebody's got to slap him around a little. Now, D, as I look back, it seems like I was slapping around around five or six guys whose films went on to make a billion dollars <laughs> each worldwide. But at the beginning, you don't know that. You just go in and Farley's dripping sweat off his forehead, so you wind him up a little, and 
Sandler is mumbling in the corner, so you wind him up. And Spade's like two foot nine, so you wind him up. And Schneider's shorter than him, so you wind him up. And, uh, you know, somebody's got to do it. But the simple fact is, when Lauren would say to me, who have you seen uh, in L.A.? I'd say, well, I can tell you right away, I've seen uh, Sandler and Spade and Schneider could all be on this show tomorrow. So they're always nice enough to give me some proppers on that. But nobody gets you on Saturday Night Live unless you're a stone-cold killer, which they all were. No doubt. Talking to Dennis Miller on the Mark Aram Show. Dennis, I'm a graduate, proud graduate of Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. No matter what I do in my career, I will never be elevated to more than the second most famous graduate of Marist College, the most famous being Bill O'Reilly. I know you've toured with him. What's your relationship with Bill? Well, Bill and I were together for six years on his show, but we did it split screen. Over the course of that show, around once a month, 12 dates a year, we'd go out and perform on the road. Um, I always found Bill to be very civil to me, and I always loved the work he did with charity, but he wasn't a guy who opened all his, uh, you know, you never got to know Bill all that well, but he always treated me as nothing except as a gentleman, and it was, uh, we were good business for each other. I kind of knocked him down a peg, and maybe he gave me a little uh, cachet with his audience that I might not have had. So we, we were a perfect Mutt and Jeff as far as working together. Now, in the interim year or so since Bill's been whacked, I've probably talked to him a couple times just to check on him and his uh, kids, but it's, it's, not, it's not like you're going to call Bill O'Reilly. I think you've seen him over the years. He's like sort of a – he plays his cards close to his vest. It's not like you're going to call up and say, do you want to, uh, you know, do you want to have a therapeutic session here? He's, he's uh, like I said, he had a lot of soldiers who had been blown up come backstage beforehand that he had bought wheelchairs for. He had a lot of kids that he did a lot of work for. I'm not saying I know the whole man or can give a complete thumbs up, but I do know this. My six years with him was a relatively uh, easy lifting. I would also say that my sidekick on the radio show and producer over many years is another Marist grad, Christian. So I, I've had two guys in my life over the last decade who are from Marist. They must have something in the water, brother. How about that? You guys all seem you seem pretty cordial and pretty quick on your feet. So something's <laughs> happening up in Marist. Yeah, not a bad school. Don't look at my GPA, but it was not a bad school. It turned out some good uh, graduates. Miller Minute, every night on the market. You know what's funny is the world, we, the world we live in right now, I actually could probably start hitting my thumbs on this phone and find your GPA. That's how paranoid <laughs> the world is made. I'll say it was 1.9. I'll save you the effort. Um, the Miller Minute, uh, you hear it every night on the Mark Aram Show. What do you want to accomplish with this, uh, with this Dennis? Um, it's fun. Listen, I'm, I, as I said earlier, and I don't want to beat on it, but I'm, I'm not looking to have a five-night-a-week job. I don't think anybody's looking at me for a five-night-a-week job. I did three hours a day radio for eight years, and that was a little much. But listen, I watch the news like anybody else, or I'll watch sports, I'll see a movie. And I said to somebody, I said, hey, listen, I get these little snippets. I don't want to start uh, sitting in the galley ship and rowing an oar again, but I, I'd like to do something interstitial on the radio because I enjoyed my time on radio, and they were nice enough to offer me this. So we're giving it a try for a year, see if anybody bites. But it's just it's more whimsy than anything else. It's not like I have to sit down and you know, do uh, get the slide roll out. I see something that either angers me, pleases me, makes me laugh, or makes me sad and talk about it for one minute. How hard is that? Well, it fits in perfectly with my show. Uh, it's been an honor. Uh, I love talking to you. Let's do this again soon. I'll come on anytime you want, brother. I appreciate it. It's Mark, right? Mark that, Aram, you're not related to Bob, are you? That is my father's cousin, yes. It is. Yes. Yeah, a big player in the fight game. <laughs> yeah, 
wouldn't, wouldn't have been boxing without Aram over the last half century. Yes, All uh, right, I'll talk to you down the road. All right, Dennis. Appreciate it, buddy. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. Welcome back to The Mark Aram Show. Thanks to uh, Dennis Miller for uh, that insightful interview. Uh, you can hear the Miller Minute, of course, at the end of the broadcast uh, every night. I think it's like at 8.50 Longoria. I think that's when it plays. Uh, but it's a welcome addition to the Mark Aram Show. Uh, Dennis Miller uh, from Saturday Night Live fame. That's when I first uh, recognized him and, and knew who he was, was those those great Saturday night years. But uh, good to see he, he is still active as a comedian and a commentator. And uh, we, we welcome him on the Mark Aram Show. Um, when we come back, we're going to have some uh, great stuff that Longoria has pulled for you. I'm, I'm done. I'm toast. I got to go to sleep. Uh, it's been a long week. I'm still recuperating from Japan and then Cooperstown and then extra work in, in uh, traffic this week and every week now, it seems like. But uh, So I'm out of here. So Longoria is going to pick something really special to play for your listening pleasure. Uh, but we will. Uh, I'll be active on social media all week long. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram and Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. Before I get out of here, though, uh, congrats to Herman Cain, also uh, enjoying a quasi-retirement. He'll be uh, vacating that 11 to noon spot. Uh, the Von Hessler gang taking over now from 9 to noon. Uh, Herman Cain's going to be doing his own stuff uh, on HermanCain.com, I believe. And uh, he'll be doing daily commentaries at 11.56. So Herman will still be part of the WSB family, but I'll tell you what, if I had Herman's money... I'd be on a beach somewhere, but uh, kudos to Herman and congrats to the Von Hessler crew for getting that extra hour. All right, uh, my Twitter account is at uh, Mark Aram, as is my Insta account, Instagram account at Mark Aram. In the meantime, go to sleep, little baby. Go to sleep, you little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the All Suite Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.